0: Three drop here, no doubt. Yeah, three drop. Whoa,
1: that thing came out sideways.
0: Drove it into the penalty area. Whoa, that was a shank. It's hard to believe watching this.
1: Made an unbelievable bogey. A drop zone.
0: Hello, folks. This is a absolute emergency pod. The highest of emergency. DEFCON 5, maybe, is what we'll call it. Uh, Emergency drop zone. I am joined once again by James Colgan because Dylan the chair is once again still on vacation in Ireland. Um, James, you and I, we convened uh, in these exact same chairs less than 48 hours ago to talk about Rose Zhang and what she will mean to the future of golf. And holy cow, that feels like forever ago because what happened today. Um, Let's just let me run down, James, uh, before I ask how you're doing. (laughs) Uh, Let me run down basically the news as I think we know it, which is, I think today is the biggest day in the history of professional golf. The PGA tour live golf and the DP world tour are merging the three biggest tours in the world right now. They are merging. They are creating an LLC company that is importantly a for-profit company because for the, uh, large majority of its existence, the PGA Tour has been a nonprofit company. This is as shocking as I think Gulf decisions get. It is based off of a, what I can only assume to be a massive investment from the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. Um, If if your first question is like, how big is that investment? How long are they going to invest in this entity? Um, The governor of the PIF joined CNBC today. His name is Yasser Al-Ramayan. He said, whatever it takes, that's how much commitment we are committed for. And as we know, um, the PIF is valued in the range of $650 billion. So they will have no problem essentially buying a massive control over men's professional golf. Um, This LLC does not have a name yet. The name is TBD. Um, the deal itself is not finalized yet, um, but it is finalized to the point that they have announced it. And I imagine that was astute thinking on Jay Monahan's behalf because this is the kind of thing that does not stay quiet for long. And they didn't have a chance to just figure this out entirely uh, behind the scenes. Uh, it will be finalized, as they said on CNBC this morning. Probably in the next couple weeks, uh, Jay Monahan said, we are going to get this done. Uh, another result is that all pending litigation between the tours, something that I've been tracking way too much with my free time in the last uh, basically 10 months, um, it is now brought to an end. So there is no live golf versus PGA tour. The initial lawsuit, which was 11 plaintiffs, all live golfers. It was titled Mickelson et al. versus the PGA Tour. It is now done. Um, this is this, this amounts to a settlement, James. Um, and uh, beyond the massive news of it throwing the structure of pro golf into flux uh, or into question, no one saw it coming. I, I put the link in our Slack channel today. In disbelief. The people that I have talked to made it sound as if, wait, is today April 1st? Is this truly an April 1st, uh, April Fool's joke? No one saw it coming, uh, yourself included. And uh, I, I can't even really ask you what your initial thoughts are <laughs> beyond, like, okay, how stunned are you?
1: Um, this is the most broadsided I have ever been by a single piece of news I have heard in my entire life. I feel fa- fully confident saying that. It brought back feelings for me of like March 12th, 2020, when the world was shutting down at the Players' Championship, and I was there covering my first ever golf tournament for golf.com, and I remember thinking to myself, like, what the hell is going on right now? And that is the exact same thought I had this morning when I saw that press release. It legit took three reads through the text of that release for me to understand (laughs) what I was even seeing for me to like, Properly comprehend the words that I had seen. Uh, in my most recent read through, I saw that uh, the PGA Tour called Live Golf a groundbreaking golf league in that in that press release, <sighs> which feels like something I would have bet my entire life savings we never would have seen in a PGA Tour press yes. release. So yeah, I mean to to speak about the true level of insanity, the the level of shock that has kind of come through through all of the golf world, but, uh, I feel like has especially landed on my shoulders this morning. Uh, it is, it is truly unbelievable. I, uh, I mean, yeah, it's there,
0: there are not big enough. There are going to be documentaries. (laughs) There will be singular documentaries made about today. Uh, maybe the last few days. Um, and the next few days, uh, I am going to get on a flight here in a couple hours to Toronto and go see what it's like on the ground. But, um, like I said earlier, no one saw this coming. So it is also very reminiscent to me of the Super League that we saw take over the professional soccer game um, a couple years ago and how no one saw that coming, except there were maybe, you know, four, five, six people in the background pulling the strings. Um, no one saw this coming. Players are stunned. And I think that that's a massive point and something that I'm going to investigate tomorrow or maybe even tonight when I get up to Canada is that I've already messaged a number of players and not a single one of them saw it coming. Jay Monahan sent out a letter to the membership today saying uh, basically the details of the deal as he can share at this moment. But a lot of guys found out on Twitter, James, Mackenzie Hughes didn't know what I was even talking about when I texted him this morning. Oh my God. Like, he's like, what happened? I was, I was like, dude, this is crazy. He's like, what are you talking about? And I just sent him a tweet <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Colin Murakawa quickly took to Twitter saying, yeah, it's great to find out this stuff on Twitter. And, you know, what's funny about that is the PJ tour has done a pretty poor job of communicating to its membership throughout the entirety of the last 12 yeah. months. The biggest action in terms of like what they have done, the best they ever did was send out a letter Immediately after Live Golf launched and balls were in the air at Centurion Club outside of London, that was the most uh, communicative they'd ever really been in the moment. And so it, it feels like a, an insane betrayal. Players are communicating that. Uh, I know from the grounds already today. And broadcasters, I know you were in touch with broadcasters. They had no idea what's coming. All of the money in pro golf is is basically through broadcasting contracts and these broadcasters didn't know it was coming. So the, the entire sport hasn't been turned on one side. It's been turned, it's been dizzied around three or four times and then thrown to the side. Like this is this is truly nuts, as nuts as we're so making it So can we sound. talk
1: about what the PGA Tour did here? Because uh, the lack of communication, not only with its membership, the people that theoretically employ its leadership, uh, but with its business partners, with the people who pay its checks, I mean that to me is the most astonishing part of this entire development i spoke with people all over the golf tv business this morning i will continue to speak with them not a single person that i've spoken to has any idea what was coming what was coming down the pike on this not a single one of them had heard about it maybe it had reached the highest highest levels of these agreements but i mean i i put this on twitter a few minutes ago this is 800 million dollars for the pga tour the pga tour is only a little bit more than a billion dollar a year business and 800 million is coming in annually from the tv partners and these people had no idea that this was coming that (laughs) is absolutely insane i mean yes the player part of it is completely you know feels completely off the mark but at the same time i can at least understand the logic in hey the second we tell these players everyone in the world is going to know it won't be a secret to anyone. So we better have all of this ironed out before we, t- before we let anyone know what's coming down the pike, but to do that to your business partners, to the people who you're going to have to explain why the billion with a B dollar contracts that they signed are still yeah. worth the money that you signed them for. It's crazy. Absolutely. Like mind boggling mind numbing to me to think that, that the tour would not have gone as far as to communicate with those people.
0: Yeah. I I think it's, it's very important that, um, I didn't really say this at the jump, but we're learning things as it comes. Uh, we are jumping on to basically to give golf fans something to listen to and something to like, at least learn a bit about. You've been researching this now for the last, uh, what, three hours I've been doing the exact same thing and talking to people. So we're giving you information, um, as best we know it so that, you know, maybe on your commute home on Tuesday or Wednesday morning, you can know a lot of stuff. Um, there is a players meeting today at 4 PM Eastern time that is in, uh, 52 or 72 minutes from now. Um, so more is going to come from that. I know it is not going to be an easy one for Jay Monahan. Um, this LLC that will be created, Jay Monahan will re- Remain uh, as a commissioner and CEO of the LLC, the chairman of it is Yasser Al-Ramayan, who is again, the governor of the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, uh, someone who is as close to Prince MBS uh, as you can really get. And so Jay is going to have an incredibly hard time facing the music. There are going to be a number of players in that meeting who said no to Live Golf In the last 12 months, there are going to be players in that meeting who said no to a hundred million dollar offer from live golf. There's going to be simple players, players who ranked, you know, 70th in the world who were offered $25 million and Jay Monahan is going to have to tell them that this was a win. This is what we needed to do. I'm sorry that you do not get to have $30 million in your bank account extra and instead, all those guys that did take the money, we're going to allow them to come back next year. 2023 is going to play out uh, as we expect it, which is to say there's not going to be any uh, live players allowed back to the PGA Tour this year. That's uh, how it at least understands and reads in the press release. 2024, I think, is going to, it's all going to come back to, to relative normal, and um, that's going to be a really hard thing. And I don't know if Jay necessarily has the answers right now he's going to have to probably hide behind the fact that this deal is not yet done and we are going to analyze the value of everything every player and every potential sponsor but can you just imagine i don't even know can we imagine what that player meeting is going to be like other than people shouting at Jay Monahan
1: so i'll give you the option here you got to you got to pick one pick one of these three options you could have been in Rory's house with Rory this morning when he saw the news. You could have been in Tiger's house with Tiger this morning when he saw the news, or you could have been in this player's meeting this afternoon. Uh, you know what, what probably by the time people be listening to it will have already been yesterday afternoon, but I mean, just uh, to pick one of those, I would,
0: I would choose the players (laughs) meeting. (laughs) I would choose the players meeting in part because I actually think the other two options would be similar. Uh, I imagine, uh well for one Rory might be in the players meeting, um but I imagine Rory has already talked on the phone to Tiger because they have joined arm in arm this entire way in leading the PGA Tour uh, away from Saudi money, and they have both been offered hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and so they they probably feel the exact same. Um, I'm I'm very curious if if there could be anything done. Um. Well, I guess I want to I lay out what my suspicions are for why this even happened. Because I think, I think a couple of them exist. I think one is that they're probably intertwined. I think one is that the money is going to be insane. I think the investment from Saudi, from the PIF, is going to be potentially bigger than we ever really could have imagined. Um, I'm guessing that it's going to take place over the course of 10 to 20 years, you know, Jay Monahan mentioned on on the CNBC broadcast this morning that this is not about how people are going to react and receive the news right now. It's about how everyone's going to feel and react ten years from now. And so, I would anticipate the number to be in the tens of billions, maybe hundreds of billions, uh, over the course of ten to twenty years. That's completely a guess, but that's where the that's where the scale has has risen to at this point. And my other suspicion is that Jay Monahan felt like he was backed into some sort of corner. When he was discussing on CNBC this morning and in other avenues, he has discussed the word tension. There was too much tension in the game. He holds an important seat atop the game, atop the men's professional game, and there was too much tension. There was tension being passed down to Augusta National, to the USGA, to the RNA, to the PGA of America, to the LPGA Tour. They were answering questions about Live Golf, And uh, all that tension was, was broiling into words of collusion. Phil Mickelson was taking to Twitter every single day, basically, to call for collusion, to call for Jay's job, to call into these other leaders into the word collusion, which does not go very well. The Department of Justice is investigating anti-competitive practices within the PGA Tour around that idea of collusion. Now, we don't know what's coming, but Phil Mickelson has long been saying, Something is coming. Something will come of this. Uh, is Phil right? Who the hell knows? The answer is we probably won't find out because the the lawsuit between the Live Golf and the PGA Tour was really, really slowing down in um, discovery, which is this, this like uh, umbrella term that amounts to depositions, like Bryson DeChambeau was going to be deposed if he hadn't already. There were a number of depositions taking place of PJ Tour executives. They were trying to land depositions and documents from Saudi executives. It was all getting extremely hairy behind the scenes. Every single court document seemed to have a redaction in it. And all of that stuff is going to go poof we're really not going to see much of it. And so I felt like the tension that Jay Monahan was referring to is legal tension, it's tension from sponsors saying, look, you're asking me to, to cough up an extra $12 million to have the be- the best players in the world come to my my tournament. It's it's tension that Phil Mickelson was throwing into the air on social media saying, how could you possibly take money from FedEx, your biggest sponsor, when FedEx does a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of work in and around Saudi Arabia. Um, a lot of false equivalences were putting tension in the air for Jay Monahan. And eventually, eventually he, he broke. And he did it without telling Rory McElroy And it's seemingly without, you know, telling any of the other players. And so, um, again, those are suspicions, but everything's kind of pointing in that direction.
1: I think it's a good thing for us to discuss right now is like, what what does this actually mean?
0: Yeah. Um, so Brandel Chambly was just on Golf Channel. Brandel is a ardent uh, detractor from Saudi Arabia buying its way into live golf. And he asked a pretty important question. Is the PIF going to become the owner of Pro Golf? And I think today it's a very fair question because as part of this deal... The PIF is going to be, like I just said, offering massive investment annually, year after year, in this new company and buying its way into a massive ownership stake at the absolute elite end of pro golf. And the PIF, uh, which is connected to Saudi Aramco, already creates some of the biggest purses on the women's game. The PIF just bought control of four Saudi Arabian football clubs, right? So they are trying- $20 billion. Yes. The PIF is trying to, to make massive, massive purchases in pro sports, and it's having success doing so. It is pursuing Kareem Benzema. It has already landed Cristiano Ronaldo. It's in pursuit of Lionel Messi it essentially has already landed Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kapka, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson. This is the next step in them buying a greater stake. And so it is hard to say that the PIF does not own a massive section of the pro golf world at this point. Um, What they don't own is a majority of the seats on the forthcoming board of directors of this company. And I think Jay Monahan is going to, Use that as his shield. Jay is the commissioner. He is the CEO. Two of the other members of the executive committee of this board are Ed Herlihy, who is is a board director for the PGA Tour, and Jimmy Dunn, uh, another board of directors, another director uh, board member of the PGA Tour. He will be on that board as well. And so the PGA Tour will have a majority voting interest on this company board. And so that is what Jay will use as a shield to tell people, look, we have the majority vote here. We have the stake. Whatever the PGA tour says is really what's going to go. Um, It's really hard to take that uh, or Jay's words as truthful right now, though, because he feels like, like this is all big snaky move. And so um, what does this mean? I think the Saudis now, they definitely own a, a, massive, massive chunk of the pro golf world. And the money talks, James. (laughs) The money matters. They own
1: everything other than the majors right now. And the irony is, as I'm sure is not lost on anyone at PGA Tour headquarters, is if the tour had had its way six months ago, eight months ago, 12 months ago, the majors would have come out and said, live golfers are not allowed at our events and in doing so they would have secured the pga tours position atop the golf world and really secured their position atop atop you know at the true true hierarchy of golf at the very top of it um the irony is the majors didn't do that you could argue that they couldn't have done that given any number of reasons why that would be personally bad for them but today the majors all find themselves in the position of staring down the Saudi Public Investment Fund as their official partner in the world of professional golf, and that is a probably pretty scary position, particularly for some of the more tradition-oriented spots on the uh, in the world of our uh, major championship rankings. So, yeah, I think that I think that's kind of an interesting thing, an interesting development as as part of all of this. Uh, another thing that I think is is you know what, as we talk about what this all means. I mean, I think the biggest thing that this means is that the PJ Tour was in is not in the position of strength that we had believed it to be in for the better part of the last year. I think there is a feeling that these these uh, lawsuits would show themselves to be a waste of time and, you know, uh, a legal uh frustration for the tour more than anything else but this decision particularly it reeked of desperation it reeked of the pga tour absolutely needing to make the move because it's the only reason how you could justify doing this is 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 if you absolutely had to if you didn't have any other reason um and so yeah the tour can say they came away with a huge payday from it they can say that they made their money as a result of all of it that's great but the truth of the situation is this was the decision that they had to make. It was the decision that they pinned themselves into the corner on. And truthfully, I think as we look at this now, something that could be a far-reaching consequence of today is I think Jay Monahan lost a lot of support inside the PGA tour today, if not, you know, almost all of it. Um, I don't think that he has the the backing of his players anymore, and particularly not the players like Rory and Tiger who, were, you know, pretty instrumental in keeping them in, you know, keeping him in power throughout the last 12 months. So as you look at all of this, yes, Jay can hang his hat on saying that, you know, we brokered this peace talk, but his way of approaching this whole situation, I think, is unquestionably wrong. And I think a lot of members of the PGA tour would agree with that assessment. A lot of the membership would agree with that assessment right now. And that puts him in a really precarious position because you can have all the power in the world, but if you don't have the support of the people beneath you, that, that, that's a really dangerous place to be. So, uh, I mean, I, I really, really hope that he thought, thought this through uh, in advance of making this decision, because the manner in which it was presented to the world does not indicate as such.
0: We don't know for a fact what exactly the corner looks like that he was yeah. backed into. Um, but the way that this was brought about with zero knowledge for a lot of people he had to feel he was losing a grip on something. He had to feel like um, his standing in this war was bothering him, and then he he took the plunge. I will say, <laughs> the talking point that Jay used for a long time was that he is a commissioner that works for the tour players. He is yeah. the man for the membership. He these are a bunch of companies that he works for essentially. These independent contractors. And that rings extremely hollow today.
1: Would you let, if someone said they worked for you and they went out and undermined everything that you stood for, for the last 12 months, and then threw it in front of your face and try, you know, tried to present it like it was a, like it was a prize. What would you do? You would fire that person. That's, that's what you would yes. do in, in that exact <laughs> yes. same situation.
0: Yes, that's right. I think that's right. And I think, um, there's a lot that, that, that's going to to come out of this and you know what maybe it'll end up being hey that the top 100 players in the FedEx Cup you're all getting five million dollars right we're all going to take care of of your qualms about not being included on this or having to say no to live golf deals but you know is there potentially legal action that a player uh, who's a top 15 player in the world had to pass on a deal because of being told like we are not doing business with this this enterprise you need to stay with us could they possibly sue the PGA tour uh, i'm not nearly <laughs> i didn't go to law school neither did you so we don't have that answer <laughs> but there there are a lot of like there's a lot of very important antitrust things that still have to get shaken out like if you think back there is there has been mergers in other sports the aba and the nba the uh, afl and the nfl the NFL AFL merger, like it had to be approved by new law via Congress back in the mid '60s. Like, if is that where we're gonna have to get to at this? You cannot just join forces with your biggest competitor and act like this is a uh, a free and open market. And so, like, that is something that's gonna have to shake out over the next, I don't know, six months um, once this deal is finalized. And so, antitrust regulators are gonna be. Staring this thing down from the get go. I'm sure they're already working on it. I'm sure the PGA Tour lawyers are uh, are obviously. What's, what's interesting is that this lawsuit that that became nullified today was active as of yesterday, James. I check it every single day. What new like court documents have been submitted? And there are there were court documents submitted on behalf of the PGA Tour uh, that are basically just trying to keep this thing chugging along the tracks. And then suddenly today it's all nullified. So that, that kind of goes to show you again, just how few people were involved in this because there had to be lawyers that were aware of what was going on. And then there were the lawyers <laughs> working in the lawsuit who had no idea what was going on. Um, it's all incredible when you think about the timeline though, because exactly one year ago, Phil Mickelson was announced as a member of Live Golf. 365 days ago to the day, June 6th of last year, Phil has announced I'm here at live golf. And then 12 months later, live golf is in a merger with the PGA tour. Um, it's a bit dizzying. <laughs> um, what does it mean for the Ryder cup? I think that's a very interesting, it might be, it, might, it feels very interesting because we were at a moment of impasse where we felt like the Ryder cup uh, was not going to include a whole lot of live golfers. Um, yeah, that's out the window might.
1: now, right? Like it's gotta be out the window. Well,
0: the Ryder cup is, is run by the DP world tour and the DP tour has the DP world tour has regulations that state. If you want to play on the Ryder cup, you have to be a DP world tour member. And I believe it was just a week or 10 days ago uh, that Ian Poulter, Sergio Garcia, they all gave up their membership because yeah, yeah, yeah. they were facing fines for every single live golf event that they played in. So they are no longer members. Um, I don't think, I don't anticipate those guys being involved with the Ryder Cup this year. However, on the American side, those guys are all still members of the PGA of America. They have been given this this grace period that involves uh, all the months between now and the Ryder Cup. So I do anticipate uh, it maybe being no question now that Brooks Koepka will probably be on that team. And the likes of Dustin Johnson might also be included on that team. Um, I'm trying to think of any other Americans that would stand a chance from the live side and there might not be any, but Taylor Gooch is another you'd have to consider. Um, So the Ryder cup is, is impacted by this live golf is, is maybe an afterthought in all of this. Um, Yeah. Which sounds weird because the headline is the PGA tour and live golf are merging, but it's really three tours that are merging and, It's the backers of Live Golf that have decided to back this new thing. Yeah, Um, Team Golf is not going away. That was also included within the press release, um, but it was included in a kind of opaque way where it doesn't mean that it's going to be 54 holes, 12 teams, four guys per team, shotgun start. That is not necessarily how Team Golf is going to look in this new world. We don't know it because I also think the PJ Tour and the and the people in charge of this, they don't know it. They're going to take their time throughout the rest of this year and figure out what does Team Golf look like in our new LLC, in our new yeah. entity. Um, do you think it,
1: Do you think that we'll <laughs> see? So this is a question that I have myself today as I was kind of going through this, and I still don't really know the answer to it. Do you think that we will have in five years time, the PGA tour live golf and the DP world tour all operating as separate tours under the same entity? Cause that's what this release seemed to suggest, but I don't yes. know that, that live, I don't know how live could survive in a world where team golf is being sort of co-opted onto the PGA tour, but live isn't a part of it. And there, it seems as though the fall series idea of putting, you know, Liv's events in the fall as was sort of originally pitched like two and a half years ago is no longer a, a possibility e- either. So I don't know. I've, I found myself well, wondering this, like what is the future for Liv if, if Team Golf gets brought into the PGA Tour and those players, you know, will they have to play in both events? What comes out of that? I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts.
0: I think that if anything is going to die on the vine, it will be live golf in a very weird way because this is still a success for live golf in in a number of ways. I think you can take a lot of meaning from the fact that Greg Norman was not involved in this announcement in any capacity. yeah James like zero <laughs> capacity <laughs> that, that would seem um, to be
1: bad news for him, I would say
0: you know this deal, as we understand it, was brokered over the course of a, uh, a few meetings in Europe. According to Al-Ramayan, one of the meetings took place in London. There was a round of golf, a couple of lunches. According to the Financial Times, there were meetings in Venice. Um, we have not been tracking Jay Monahan's PJ Tour-owned private plane. Um, but apparently, meetings have taken place over a, a couple months. Um, and it just does not sound like Greg Norman was as clued in to this process. Um, Maybe, maybe he is, and he hasn't had a chance to speak yet. Almost everything that he has had to say publicly has had to be, excuse me, approved by Yasser (laughs) Al-Ramayan. He's kind of been a talking, excuse me, for the words, but puppet in a lot of ways, he has had to be the, he has had to have his uh, public statements approved before he could share them. So all of that is kind of weird.
1: Well, on CNBC this morning, it was Yasser who said that, that Greg had only been informed minutes before they went on the air for the interview. So he had no idea prior to about five minutes before the the press release went out this morning, which, I mean, I think that kind of tells you all that you need to know about that about that situation.
0: Wow. Uh, well, there's a virtual media conference with the pJ Tour Jay, uh, Commissioner Jay Monahan. I just got this in my inbox. Tuesday, June 6th at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So that means he will be meeting with the players for one hour and then meeting with the media uh, tentatively immediately after that. Um, and so we will be on top of that. I'm sure there will be oh, statements that come from that. Um, but yeah, I, I think there are a couple winners in this let's like put a bow on this for the next 10 minutes yeah there are a couple winners and and a couple obvious losers the very very distinct winner i would say is the kingdom of saudi arabia um yeah you could stop me if i'm wrong but um they are buying up pro sports that's the bottom line is it sports washing i am of the belief that it is uh i I think a lot of people are if you choose to not believe that that's fine Um, that's up to you. I would encourage you to do as much research as you possibly can to get (laughs) to land on this opinion. I think it is. And, um, and I think a lot of people, they have momentum now, like we, like we explained, I mean, they own Newcastle United, um, they have bought their way into various corners of pro sports and this is another massive purchase and it makes it just more and more comfortable for everyone else to kind of say yes and join in. This is probably the biggest purchase. It's it one thing for Cristiano Ronaldo to accept a massive deal on his own. And it's also one thing for Phil Mickelson to accept a massive deal on his own. It is a completely not different thing for a like a pretty holy sanctity (laughs) like thing that is the PGA tour. It is a massive thing for the PGA tour to say, yes, we're actually going to take that investment too. It is better for the game of golf. Um, So they are massive winners. Um, Who else wins? Do you think?
1: I think ultimately uh, when this all, you know, kind of comes to pass, I think the TV partners will be winners in this situation. Something that was not spoken about super often in the last, you know 12 months is the fact that when all these guys left for live that had a major impact on the way and the value of the tv deals that the pga tour had signed that has you know the broadcast partners are paying for talent they're paying for stars and when a lot of those stars leave that's a big deal um so i think ultimately this deal provides a path for those stars to come back for the pga tour which helps broadcast partners along the way. So I I think that they are certainly winners in that process. Um, I think that if you are, uh, a, a live golf fan and you have been looking for, (laughs) uh,
0: that's right for
1: some sweet, sweet vindication, it came in droves today. I mean, it, this is, as vindicating a moment as there has been for live golf, uh, since the, Second, it was first announced a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is (laughs) that is pretty telling. Um, I think another huge winner here who uh, I think I've already seen taking his victory lap is Phil Mickelson. Um, He is someone who uh, who clearly, clearly was uh, first on board for live. He was saying all along that, you know, he knew things that other people didn't. And I will be the first to admit that I completely doubted his, uh, his perception on this situation. I thought, I thought he was frankly speaking out of his ass Um, and sure doesn't look that way now. So,
0: and he he may very well have been, that's the thing here. That's (laughs) one thing that I I will say again, when we, when we convene on Sunday night is just because this is the result does not mean that Phil Mickelson was necessarily right in the first place. Phil Mickelson, uh he felt this was what he needed to do to get what he wanted so phil wins because he's getting what he wanted it does not mean that it is yeah the morally and ethically proper way of <laughs> yeah. doing it or that he knew it was going to be the result um yeah. i i have dm'd the man we've dm'd uh, each other in the past and he is currently not responding to me so we'll see if that if he responds tonight um There is not another Live Golf event before the U.S. Open, so the next time we actually hear from Phil will either be on Twitter, I anticipate, or uh, at Los Angeles Country Club in uh, only a few days. Um, So, yes, he is certainly a winner. Greg Norman, I guess, in some ways, feels like a winner. Um, Again, like we just said, there might not be a clear role for him in this all moving forward. When I contacted his, his publicist, and I said, does Greg have... Uh, anything to say she said like I appreciate your interest um, but we are sticking with the press release at this point Um, which is just to say like no Greg does not have a chance to beat his chest quite yet Um, yeah so I put him in the in the middle ground between winners and losers do you have any other winners because I am uh, I'm convinced that the game of golf does not necessarily win at large
1: no, I, I don't think that's the case. I think if you are a PGA Tour corporate partner, you're very happy with this development too. I think if you work in accounting for the PGA Tour, you're very happy with this development. Um, <laughs> you know, the people, I would say, like, I mean, I think in a sense the fans are, are better served by this, if only because it mm-hmm. will bring the best players in golf together with a little bit more frequency. And that is something that is, has been one of the worst things about live in, in the last 12 months, to put it very bluntly, is the fact that we have not seen the best golfers play against one another with the exception of the majors. Um, so in, in this agreement, if we get to see more of that, then the fans will come away the winners as well. Uh, but it's hard not to wonder about, you know, the morality of all of that and, and what comes with that, uh, because, you know. That's as easy as it is to kind of take take the spoonful of, yeah, you'll get to see Phil play Rory again. Uh, I, I don't know that it comes completely cost free to the fans either. So there, there are two sides. No, to It that, gets I mucky. Guess.
0: It gets extremely murky. Uh, we won't really know at all times where the money is coming and going from. If the future of the, of the LLC and this, this PGA Tour entity, like if, if it becomes $30 million purses, well, then it'll be pretty obvious. Uh, we'll know that that's where uh, it's coming from. But it, it certainly will now have a backer that has all of these human rights violations attached to it. And that like stench will follow a lot of stuff from now on. Um yeah. it won't it won't be an easy thing for Jay Monahan to uh detach from. Um it will make a lot of things easier, I think, on his behalf in terms of answering questions about his other sponsors, <laughs> like Citigroup, yeah. right? City Citigroup, Citibank does a lot of banking with uh with the Saudis. And Citigroup is also a partner of the PJ Tour and the President's Cup. And so the entanglements as bright, uh, Brandel Chamblee continually said on golf channel are everywhere. There are entanglements all over the place. Um, in terms of, uh, again, losers, we discussed how Monaghan has to be a loser of this entire thing in terms of losing the trust of his membership. Um, I think it's entirely plausible that the membership could take a vote of Uh, little to no confidence in the man. Um, I anticipate he'll be like, well, I'm making you a hell of a lot richer and nothing matters to PGA Tour players more than money. I promise you that. That's what the last 12 months have all said. Money talks, money is everything to these guys. Um, Jay screwed with their money (laughs) in a lot of ways. And um, I think that he becomes... A, a bit of a, a loser in this battle because, uh, for reasons we've discussed, I think it, Rory McIlroy, th- <laughs> if you have something to say, yeah, chime in now
1: I, I do have something to say. Yeah. I think, I think Jay is not a loser in this situation. I think he is the loser in this situation. Um, <laughs> I think it, I think something that really sh- needs to be impressed upon the people listening to this is that pro golfers do not, not know about things happening in their lives even when things are kept mm-hmm. under wraps even when there are, are you know corporate developments happening and whatever players know what's going on they have a general read of things the blindsided nature of the of these last rash of changes is i mean it, it's in my opinion it's, it's indefensible I, I don't know i don't know how he can stand on a on a podium and speak to the same people he said 12 months ago, uh, you never have to apologize for being a PGA Tour pro. I don't know how he can stand on a podium and look those people in the face, frankly, um, yeah. as it relates to the various you know, morality questions surrounding this, this situation. I was always a skeptic and always of the opinion that that was a more convenient truth than it was an absolute one <laughs> for the PGA Tour. Um, but I mean just the absolute boldface nature of the way that this was handled. I mean, it was just so callous and so thoughtless in my opinion. Um, I, I just I, I think if you are if you are a golf fan and you're watching this and you're wondering why you should continue tuning into this product every week, I, d- I don't blame you at all. Um, frankly, I think the people in charge of, of the sport, sands the majors which kind of operate in their own world uh those people have given you every right to question them today um and they have over the sure. last 12 months but they certainly have today <laughs> so so yeah i would say not just a loser the loser in this situation yeah
0: um well rory McRoy, unfortunately is also like yeah. on in the spectrum of winners and losers he is a loser, uh, which is tough. I don't like the sound of that because <laughs> uh, it makes it sound like I'm calling him a loser. I think, I think Rory um, took the moral high ground a lot in the past 12 months, and um, he took a ton of shrapnel for it. Online, um, in various questions, um, he lost friendships as a result of this, uh, and he did a lot of the forward-facing stuff that you would expect a commissioner to do and eventually, it beat him down. <laughs> um, he has talked about that on repeat. He, like emotionally, there has been a lot of toll that he has dealt with between that and close calls and majors, and 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 really sticking up for what you believed in. And um, yeah, I, it it. It feels really hard that the, the true face of the PJ—he is the face of the PJ Tour. Tiger Woods is the most famous golfer in the world, but Rory is the face of the tour at this point um, because Tiger's rehabbing, a, you know, another injury. Yeah. So to have the face of your tour undercut by the, the commissioner of your tour—it's so tough. And again, this is these are the actions of Jay Monahan um, and a select few others. But Rory has a press conference scheduled for seven a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I don't know that he will attend it. Yeah. Um, Do we think he WDs I from this event? I think he could. He is the two-time defending champion of the Canadian Open. I would not blame him for a second if he did. Um, again, we're talking about the guy who has probably took the moral, ethical high ground, so he probably will play in the tournament. Um, but he has, he has no obligation to at this point. And... Um, I don't know, man. He he's what sucks for him is that this is like the biggest gut punch and slap in the face that you could really ever imagine. Um, But it's not going to necessarily stop. He has he leaned so far out in uh, the opposite direction that now that the tour is going in a different direction, the people online are not going to give Rory a break. Um, Yeah, Rory somehow needs to he's probably in his best interest to like somehow eat some sort of crow about this situation Uh, i don't know what he's going to say but i think he will feel obligated to accept it and that is just a really tough thing to watch someone go through someone who's been so wildly transparent someone who does not pop off on twitter someone who has who has risen to the occasion and answered all kinds of questions when other people would rather not answer questions. Like if you just want to know about who is talking to you authentically and who is only in the replies on Twitter, that is the difference between Rory McIlroy and Phil Mickelson this entire time. So yeah. um, those things matter to you and me. I don't know if they matter as much to the, yeah. the golf fan base, but um, it will be tricky to see him walk through that.
1: I, I would just say in defense of, of his situation, is there's at least something to be said for for picking a code to live by and and choosing to stick with it. Um he obviously got an egg smashed on his face for doing it in this situation. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree with you. I think he he does come out of this like probably the most pronounced just the most pronounced loser on on the player side. Yeah. Um but that being said, like I don't I don't think that there's that there's no virtue in the fact that he said, I'm going to stand up for kind of what I believe in here. Um, And I I frankly don't think that people will forget that about him either, Uh, even if he was completely alienated by the people who make decisions for him and kind of just left out to pasture. um, I, I don't think that that changes those truths. So. Um, I, I will be interested to hear from him and hear what he has to say. I also would not blame him if he really didn't want to say anything for a while because this is like sort of a Shakespearean level p- betrayal of, of him and his yeah. trust. Um, and, you know, if he wanted to deal with that, you know, as as an adult and on his own time, uh, I, th- I think that's his right. And I, I'm certainly someone who, who normally believes that, you know, especially pro athletes should, should have to speak publicly. I don't necessarily feel that way in, in this case. And I think that speaks to, you know, what's happened and, and how little of this was kind of his doing. Uh,
0: the final few, I guess, again, t- tough terminology, but the losers in this, in this battle, uh, we mentioned him earlier would be any and all of the players who, Passed up opportunities. Yeah. Now, the 500. It's all hindsight. It's all hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> but if Pat Perez is being offered $30 million, a whole hell of a lot of people are being offered $30 million. A <laughs> ton of people are being offered $30 million. Um, there are, like I said, probably, you have to imagine, maybe a dozen to to 20. Uh, players on the PJ tour who were probably offered a hundred million dollars. Like James, do you know how comfortably you would live off Pat Perez's money? I prefer you not to think about so... it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you won't, but you would live so comfortably off of the offer that Billy Horschel received. You would live so comfortably off of the offer, any offers that Max Homa uh, received or even lesser players than those guys. Yeah. Um, Whatever offers, whatever offers landed in Xander Shoffley's uh, inbox or Patrick Cantlay's inbox, two players that were certainly listening. Adam Scott was one of the first players who Live was really going after. They signed Wade Ormsby, another Australian, one of Adam Scott's good mates. They wanted him. They were recruiting him. You know the offer was there, and the offer entails exactly everything that cam smith got which is hey we're gonna we're gonna bring events to australia we might bring two events every single year our ceo is australian he was one of your golfing idols every single reason in the world for adam scott to join live golf he denied all of them inclusive of a lot of freaking money and so uh all those guys are gonna have to bite this uh swallow this pill too and it was probably not one that they really wanted to swallow necessarily
1: yeah they are they are definitely uh definitely kicking themselves right now and frankly probably rightfully for doing so i mean how can you blame them for 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 feeling like they have just passed away a chance at something that turned out to be kind of inevitable which is take a little flack to make a huge payout i mean i think You know, there was some honor in making that decision when they did, but now the uh, you know public investment fund is, I don't know, conservatively five hundred million dollars richer as a result, and (sighs) all of those players are a collective five hundred million dollars poorer. So, (laughs) yeah, that feels like a pretty big, pretty big loss to me.
0: Is is uh, Alan Shipnuck a winner or a loser?
1: Man. I, I feel for Shippy right now. He's he was tweeting five days ago that he finished the manuscript on his uh, on his latest book about the Live PG Tour Wars, and now he's got another chapter to write. I think after just the last four hours, so I'm gonna call him. I'll call him a loser in the sense that uh, you know it probably wasn't a great more development <laughs> for his uh, for his workflow. But he's a winner in the sense that that book is going to be absolutely must read territory. Um, and I think also when you look back at the last twelve months and you know, his involvement in kind of this whole crazy saga that's that's unraveled, I think uh, I think he's played a pretty vital role. So yeah, i' I'll, I'll give Shippy a little uh give Shippy a little love here.
0: yeah, i've I've certainly learned a lot about the book industry and the publishing industry uh, myself, but I don't know like what the rules are. You know, Shippy had, I believe, in November first like sale date, like, like you can actually get his book on November 1st. He had met his deadline, like everything in terms of the promotion and marketing and everything for that book is set in stone. Can you drop the hatchet on all of that? Or does the book have to go, uh, as published? And then you set out, you know, you do a, a paperback version later with, uh, an addendum chapter to it. Um, who knows? I don't know. (laughs) who knows I do not envy it um, do you have, do you have any and, other uh, losers it would just there? it would certainly be ironic James it would certainly be ironic in the most painful way because it was his other book that really started <laughs> this whole thing um, his Phil Mickelson biography that had the classic um, scary mother effers quote in it that kind of set this whole thing off on a wicked wicked um, Direction. Uh, I don't have it. Well, I don't have any other any any other losers other than just wanted to say that the tentacles for this thing are are so deep. <clears throat> yeah. Like there are just a lot of there are a lot, there are hundreds of of employees who work for the PJ Tour who have had to maintain a mindset passed down by Jay Monahan. Hundreds. Uh, there were dozens of executives who have had to deal with depositions. They've had to be very mindful of their communications. Uh, I feel for those people because I am sure they probably found out in the very similar way to how we did. There was certainly a PGA Tour staffer who had to draft up that press release that, like you said, called Live Golf you know, a groundbreaking entity. Like I, I, I feel for all those people um, because... <laughs> probably makes them feel like whatever they've had to do in the last 12 months it hasn't been worthless but it's certainly been um it might it might not feel as as much um as useful as it did a week ago um i i don't know really know what to say for those people other than i i certainly feel bad
1: yeah i feel for the advocacy groups too you know the same the same people who have been kind of working working behind the scenes as all of this has been going on. Um, you know, so many people in the game of golf, so many fans in the game of golf. Um, but even I mean, you know, we had another statement from 911 Families United today. Um, and, you know, <laughs> for the last 12 months they've been bandied about at every major golf event in the world, you know, in an effort to get people to kind of hear their story. And uh, you know, those people are sort of summarily told to shut up today um and that's you know that's that's unfortunate um and i think i think when you look at the golf world that's kind of that's that's the central story for a lot of people who have been fighting what they what they felt was a sort of moral ethical obligation um they're they're suddenly coming to grips with the opposite or i think that for a large chunk of the golf audience they're coming to grips with the fact that they're just not going to be tuning in anymore. Um, and that's mm-hmm. you know something I hope I hope against hope that the people involved in this process realize they would alienate a lot of fans in the process of this. Uh, so yeah the, that's the that's the last loser and also in my mind kind of the biggest loser of all of this.
0: Yeah Fair enough, uh, you and I as Gulf media are certainly, probably winners and losers James um, but we will be covering it extensively James wrote a uh, pretty darn detailed Q&A basically uh, a you know this news for dummies report on golf.com that you can go check out if you feel like a dummy somehow at the end of you know listening to us for 55 minutes I feel like um, a dummy now but yeah. so <laughs> But anyways, uh, more to come from golf.com. We've got Jay Monahan talking to the media here in another hour and talking to the players of the PJ Tour here in about 25 minutes. So stay tuned, and we'll definitely talk to you more about it uh, this coming weekend. Uh, Till then, see ya.